You're listening to Native Digital, Native Analog, the show where I, a Gen Zer, dissect collisions and commonalities between my generation and yours. I believe that if you don't have a Native Digital on your board of directors, your leadership team, or one that's paid to pester you like a fly in your ear, you won't survive. Let's change that today. Welcome to my den. Oh my gosh, friends, it has been a hell of a week. I am just overwhelmed right now. I can tell you, um, many of you might know, but I haven't talked about this on the show yet. I will be part of the TEDx Asheville event at the end of February. It's on uh, February 27th. And we are just right smack in the middle of what feels like boot camp. I have not been in the military, but this is the equivalent, as close as I think I'll ever get to knowing what uh, the military boot camp feels like, except it's boot camp for the brain. We are rehearsing and rehearsing in person, virtually writing articles, you know, going on a podcast tour, and it has been, it's been a lot. So I am here and I'm excited today to bring to you another flex or flop company that we're going to talk about. Uh, We're also going to debrief on the episode with Jamie J. If you haven't listened to that episode, and especially if you're a small business owner or, you know, you're, you're just looking for inspiration on how to better manage a team and, and focus on your culture, check that episode out. Jamie is phenomenal. And he, I just love Jamie. I mean, if you see him, he's, he's this big beardy guy and he was a veteran and he lived in Alaska. He's passionate about skiing and anyway, just an overall really, really neat guy. But I took so many learnings from the conversation with him for my own business, and it really what he shares can apply to anybody. We talked about three main areas that I want to touch on today, or three learnings that I had from the episode. Um, So let's jump straight into talking about Jamie, but definitely don't miss today's flex or flop company, which is Sonic. And it's going to open up some interesting conversations around the fast food industry and Gen Z. So can't wait to hear your thoughts. Oh, and while we're at it, if you want to feature or want me to comment on a specific company on Flex or Flop, something, you know, a company you've been curious about, how they're doing for Gen Z, then shoot me an email. You can find that information on my website, hannahgwilliams.com. Shoot me an email. I would love to comment on a company that you bring to my attention. So let's jump into this episode with Jamie. And I, I as a small business owner myself, took away a, a, a lot of great tips from, from Jamie. But the first tip that, that he and I discussed was really, really applicable to anybody. And it's this idea that virtual doesn't mean isolated. Now, I want to get into this a little bit more because I cannot tell you how many business owners I have heard in the last few months come to me and say, hey, Hannah, when are we going back to in-person? 
And I'm just sitting here with like head smacked and, you know, hand, hand, palm on my forehead. Like, guys, haven't we learned anything from COVID these past couple of years? There are so many businesses who are doing things more efficiently, more streamlined, more cost effectively because of this shift to virtual. And Jamie is a great example. His business, Bottleneck Distant Assistance, is a great example of a business that has been operating remotely for years and years and years. So they were ready for COVID when it hit or literally any other pandemic or natural disaster that could impede in-person business. But something Jamie said was, was fascinating. He said he has never met his team in person. Now, I know a lot of CEOs who have started businesses in the past few years, and they have remote teams, but they're usually all over the U.S., maybe some in Canada, and they frequently will have in-person gatherings or some sort of cultural event. But Jamie's never met his team. They're scattered all over the Philippines, South Africa, and South Asia, and he's never met them. And yet his company, he'll tell me stories offline where he has had some of his employees come to him and say, Jamie, you will not believe what you've done for my family. Like I, my, my, because of this job with bottleneck, because of the, the income that I'm making, I've been able to buy my first house. I've been able to take care of my children. You know, Jamie's company is offering opportunities to folks in, in other countries that may have not had access to them before. And so what I love about his company, and in fact, if, you know, if you're listening to this and you are an entrepreneur and you're stuck in that growth phase right now where you're trying to get out of doing all of the work yourself and actually having assistants who are affordable, please do check out D- Jamie's company. I really cannot recommend them more. Their distant assistants help with everything from podcasting to uh, like doing your own, your podcast editing, your digital marketing. Um, they also just do general virtual assisting tasks. Uh, they can help with executive assisting or paperwork or whatever you need, and they're very cost effective. But uh, basically, coming back to this point of virtual doesn't mean isolated. Jamie has found a way with his company to create this vibrant sense of community and culture, even though his his employees are spread out across multiple time zones. And he's had the opportunity to hire over a thousand people in his career. And this is still the case that he's created this tight-knit culture. Well, how has he done that? We talk about it in the episodes. I won't go into this deeply, but do check out his book, Quit Repeating Yourself, if you want the whole spiel on how he's done this. But one of the ways that he engages his team that I absolutely loved him, uh, you know, his, his perspective on is the second point I want to talk about today, which is this idea of bringing forward the missteps. In Jamie's team, he described this, this community where at their weekly meetings, he will ask a different person to lead the meeting each and every time. And part of leading the meeting means that that person has to come forward and say, hey, this is where I misstepped this week. And what Jamie's doing is he's creating a culture where consistently employees are putting out their own personal missteps or mistakes in the open. 
And I, I just love this because I've been on a team, you know, myself where there was not an encouragement of, of missteps or mistakes and putting them out in the open. Instead, there was this culture of just hiding, hiding those mistakes and, and putting forth your, your ego or your vanity items. And that does not go far in creating a powerful, trusting, psychologically safe team, which is increasingly important for Gen Z. And as we talk about in the episode, Gen Z is one of the most anxious and, and, and depressed generations that has ever existed. Certainly the, the most anxious one alive right now. And it's becoming increasingly important for organizations to recognize this and to be able to create psychological safety on their teams. If you have not tried out this tactic with your team of encouraging missteps, I highly, highly, highly suggest on the next team meeting, you go first. You know, start bringing out this, this idea of missteps with your team and opening up and being vulnerable. And if this is the first time you've done this as a leader, be patient. It's going to take time for your team to recognize that this is a new, a new thing you're willing to do, you know, a new, a new side of you that you're willing to open up and be vulnerable um, with them. The third tip that I took from our conversation with Jamie is this expanded idea of the gig economy. Now, I want to read you a segment from my book because this was all research that I did um, back when I was writing A Leader's Guide to Unlocking Gen Z. If you don't know the statistics right now around the gig economy, please, please, please go do your research because this is the future of work and hiring. Now, this is interesting. 35% of the current U.S. workforce is supplemental, temporary, project, or contract-based work. And what Jamie has done, again, is he has been, he's been doing this for years. He only has three full-time employees. And his multi-million dollar company, everybody else is 1099 contractor from another country. And I love that model because it is forward-thinking and progressive, if you look at the statistics around the freelance workforce, it's actually increasing three times as rapidly as traditional positions. In 2019, the freelance market grew by 8.1% compared to 2.6% for all other jobs. But get this, and this may not surprise you. I hope it doesn't. During COVID-19, when the labor market turned upside down, freelance workers increased by 22% compared to the previous year. That's huge, you guys. So if, if you're a business who has not yet considered what the impact of the gig economy is going to be on your workforce, then please, please, please start thinking about it. There's exercises in my book that help you as a business owner or as a leader brainstorm how do we change or shift some of our positions from full-time into gig work. Um, Jamie, again, is a great resource on this because he does work with virtual assistants so much. So the third tip I would, I would say that was helpful for me and also a consideration I would give you is if you want to be a natively digital relevant employer, you're going to have to consider now and in the very near future how to modify 
your labor force to accommodate more of these gig workers, freelance workers, contract-based employees. Because simply put, Gen Z is not interested. The majority of Gen Z is not interested in the same career path that our parents and grandparents took. So most of us are looking to exit corporate America as quickly as possible to make a lot of money, start our own companies on the side or side hustles or build financial freedom, and then we want to leave. So if you're not thinking about the gig economy, this is going to be a shock or punch in the gut in a few years when you absolutely can't find workers to do the same types of jobs we did in the past. All right. So that was my debrief on Jamie. Again, please uh, reach out to me if you have any questions about this or, or connect with Jamie. He's on LinkedIn. He does a great live session called Live with Bottleneck on LinkedIn every Friday. And you can I mean, he's an open book. Just ask him questions about distant assistance or, or you know how they can help your business. I, I, again, highly encourage you to at least explore what that could look like for your company, no matter the size. This, this applies if you're a solopreneur or if you're a medium or even large organization that's struggling to find talent or just wants a more cost-effective way of employing talent. A company like Jamie could be a great connection for you. All right, let's talk about flex or flop. And as I mentioned earlier, today's company has honestly confused me. It's confused the heck out of me as I, you know, and I look around the Sonics in my hometown, I'm like, man, these, these Sonics are really becoming irrelevant. They haven't, they've haven't gotten a facelift in years, but when I look around the, the actual whole portfolio of Sonics, it seems like they're actually making somewhat of a comeback. And so we're kind of going to have to see where they go. So today's company is kind of a full, I don't even know what to call it, a full clops. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I'll have to find some term to talk about these companies that are in the middle of flexing or flopping. They're certainly not flexing, but I'm hesitant to say they're flopping at this point. And the reason being, I am super confused because... It looks in, in, in the terms of sales and revenue, it looks like Sonic is making somewhat of a comeback, especially because of COVID last year. Uh, I was reading an article earlier that was talking about the revenue growth of Sonic during COVID and because of their business model with the, you know, skaters delivering food up to the car doors. It was very attractive during COVID. So um, Sonic's revenue actually went up 30% in 2020. So, you know, it, it may not be the end of Sonic. Um, that being said, if you look at Gen Z and millennials, favorite fast food brands, according to pretty much any study, you look at why brands, you can look at uh, work that's being done by Gen Z trends, all of these companies that are having Gen Zers rank which fast food restaurants are their top ones, uh, you'll not find Sonic in the top 10. Top 10 is, you know, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, Taco Bell has surprisingly risen to the top, taking number two as the slot. So we may have an episode on them in the future and what they're doing. Um, that being said, so here's why I think that Sonic may be making a comeback as of just a couple years ago. 
if you go on TikTok, you'll find a couple of influencers posting about their drinks, for example. But what Sonic's trying to push really hard right now is linking these young TikTok influencers and their audiences to the Sonic career website. Now, this, again, this is what confuses me to heck. The career website for Sonic is actually pretty on point. So one of the examples of this, and and we'll go into this in depth in in a future episode, but one way to tell if if a brand is really in tune with their Gen Zers versus the millennials is that there's a lot of personalization on the website and a lot of you language versus we language. So for example, if if you go onto a website and it says, you know, we're great, we've been around 100 years, we, 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 that's not really going to resonate with Gen Z. What does resonate is when you say, hey, you, Gen Zer, what is your career path? What are you looking for in life? Let's see if we can get you a personalized job recommendation. Now, this is what is so weird about Sonic. They actually do this really, really well. And you go onto the site and it says, get your personalized job recommendation. Just answer a few questions. Well, I love the idea of this quiz. I really do. But when you start clicking through the quiz, I went through it and I made up a bunch of answers. It asks what what was the last um, position that you held and, you know, how many years of experience do you have? Well, I put in intentionally that my last role was a VP of business development. I also put in that I have four to eight years of experience. Now, what was not good about Sonic is even though they have what seemingly looks like a little personalized job recommendation, when I actually got my recommendations, the first recommended job based on my profile was car hop or skating car hop. Now, do you really think that someone with four to eight years of experience with a VP role in their past is looking for a car hop job? Mm, yeah, their AI is not doing so great on here. So it, it just makes me feel like Sonic tried to stick something they thought would resonate with Gen Z on the homepage, but that they didn't really have the back end figured out to actually give personalized recommendations. So we could go into this in a whole lot more depth, but I am just overall, my analysis of Sonic, of, of you, Sonic, is I'm just utterly confused. I don't know what, you know, I don't know if you're flexing, don't know if you're flopping. I can say, according to revenue, looks like you're picking up some speed, which is good, but it's going to take a whole lot more work to actually be relevant to Gen Z, especially on the employer side, because you're having to play catch up on your consumer side so much with regards to where, you know, your competitors land that I don't know if it's going to happen. Like, I don't, I don't know if you're going to be able to get there and stay relevant kudos to you if you can. Uh, It's, you know, your career site will see a huge improvement if you can get the consumer branding and the influencer connections figured out. All right, well, that is all for today. Check out Jamie J and what his small business is doing to help other small businesses quit repeating themselves and small business owners quit repeating themselves. And 
take some hints from Sonic. Um, you know, if, if your brand's struggling to connect with Gen Z, there's some great resources I could put you in touch with in terms of other Gen Zers who help with the, you know, marketing and influencing side to connect brands with the Gen Z consumer. But um, yeah, take, take a hit from Sonic and don't be the follower, be the leader of your category. Otherwise, it's gonna take a long time to catch up with your competition. Thanks for listening to the Native Digital, Native Analog Show. If you enjoyed this episode, I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe, leave a rating and review, and tell your friends. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time. Bye.